Welcome, everyone. This is uh, a bit of an election breakdown show, I suppose, uh, recorded several days after November 3rd because, um, <clears throat> well, we really had no idea what was going to shake out uh, until today, the 7th. I, I feel confident today that we sort of know where things are going uh, and where they will end up. Uh, this was recorded with a guest uh, who wishes to remain anonymous. Uh, for reasons, and I think that some of the things we talk about here are very, very interesting. Um, we touch on the, of course, the election outcome, but also the way that people are reacting to it, uh, the way the parties will react to it, or the way that they seem to be reacting to it, and uh, some of the other more interesting things surrounding it, uh, an event like this, and the way that uh, people are dealing with it. So, without further ado, let's get right into it. you to bow down. I'm on your side. By branding you as a rebel. But you're not. A traitor. This isn't freedom. This is fear. We are not the government. The government is not us. This is the O Files. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Dean O Files. Episode number 111, 111, recording. In Mega City 3 on this, the 7th of November. Gonna talk about the election today. Um, I didn't want to talk about it the day after because I wanted to make sure that everything that was gonna shake out had shaken out. Um, there's still some things up in the air. Trump's got some cases that he's trying to file. Um, and there's some other news as well, but I, I think it's been long enough. So, just to sort of recap everything that happened on the night of November 3rd. Well, actually, we have to roll back a little bit farther than that even. Um, so in the lead up to the election, there were weeks and weeks and weeks where people could get mail-in ballots and fill them out and send them back to their county uh, seat, usually. But in any case, there were weeks and weeks and weeks where people could mail in. And most of the push for doing this was on the left. The, the mail-in balloting that has been counted, we know that statistically it heavily, heavily, heavily favors Joe Biden in states that are not used to mail-in voting. Um, it's, it's less so in states that are, which is why Arizona is such a weird thing at the moment. But in any case, uh, these, these ballots heavily, heavily, heavily favor Joe Biden. We get to November 3rd uh, and, you know, sort of in-person early voting in the lead up to November 3rd. And that's when Trump votes come in. So on the night, we have states like Pennsylvania that and Georgia, uh, North Carolina, that look like they're going to Trump. Now, Trump's lead in North Carolina, not likely to be overtaken. But the states that were the issue, which you probably already know, the, the states that were the issue. We had Georgia, 
North Carolina, Pennsylvania. Uh, on the third through kind of the fourth, it was Michigan and Wisconsin, uh, and we had Nevada, uh, Nevada and Arizona. Nevada and Arizona, it looks like Biden's going to take those uh, outright. Arizona, the Trump team is still confident they can win, but that's highly unlikely to happen, in my opinion. Um, Pennsylvania was solid for Trump for several days, as was Georgia. And they both flipped in the sort of latter days of this thing. Um, I believe yesterday morning was when Georgia and Pennsylvania flipped over. So now Biden leads in those two states and is unlikely to be overtaken by Trump again. Uh, we also have North Carolina, which looks like it's solidly for Trump. Wisconsin and Michigan were called the day after uh, November 3rd, November 4th, for Joe Biden. Um, which means that, well, two interesting things. First of all, it means my predictions were entirely wrong and the blue wall held, uh, which is crazy, but, um, it, it happened and I didn't expect it. And I think it's bad for the Democrats, but I'll talk about that later. Um, the other, uh, interesting thing is that <clears throat> one of my predictions was correct, but in the wrong direction. Uh, so goes Ohio. Who gives a shit? Uh, Ohio went for Trump, and it doesn't look like Trump's going to win this thing. So the Ohio sort of axiom is broken at this point, uh, or has been broken. And I thought that might happen, but not like this. <laughs> I thought it was actually going to go blue. And when the blue wall fell in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and uh, Wisconsin, or some combination of two of those, went to Trump, uh, Ohio's opinion wasn't going to fucking matter anymore. Turns out, Ohio's opinion still doesn't fucking matter anymore, but in the other direction, uh, because Ohio did indeed go red. So, that's kind of everything that's happened up to now. We have some issues with the ballots, some issues with uh, Trump suing over ballots and suing over the way that things have been done. And, um, well, okay, so, first I want to ask, by the way, there's somebody here with me. I'll talk about that in the intro that I'm going to record after this. Um. There's, I have a question, do you know, have you seen what Trump is suing about in a lot of these states? Because I know that in Pennsylvania, it was about counting ballots that were postmarked November 3rd or before, but arrived uh, later. He wants those ballots discounted. Do you know any of the other suits, or like what it's about? No, I, I don't know any of the other suits. I need to do a roundup on all of them, because some of them were almost kind of dead on arrival, since he didn't really have, have evidence that there was any fraud going on, and these judges seem to know when there's frivolous litigation bring, being brought. But and one of the things that I have seen is that the, a lot of what the Trump team has been requesting is extra observers. Yeah, with, that was an issue in recounts, Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's been one of the big things, because I think that one of the only actually actionable requests that they have is, well, we need to make sure that the ballots are being counted properly because there just isn't any evidence mm -hmm. that there is any sort of fraud. It's just a very unique election in which huge amounts of people sent in mail-in ballots, which is uncommon, and it was always going to be a tight rate. So I haven't seen any litigation that really, I think, has any legs. But, yeah, of course they're going to challenge it. Sure. Well, there's recounts that are going to happen. Georgia's going to get recounted. Um, it's possible that Michigan, Wisconsin... 
Arizona and Nevada could all be recounted. But that's like that. I mean, the likelihood in in this case, the only state that it seems like the margins are really there for a recount to flip is Georgia, and that's like barely within those margins. So I, I seriously doubt Georgia's actually gonna flip. Um, if I wasn't clear on this earlier, by the way, North Carolina, uh, was tight, and then it looks like Trump's gonna keep his North Carolina lead. So. I, if I wasn't clear about and that. And that means Cal Cunningham lost, too, unfortunately. Yes, it does mean. Cal Cunningham of the, the tenderest uh, sex scandal. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's the sweetest thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's, that's kind of one of the things that I was curious about. The, the mail-in ballot thing, I was talking to some people earlier, and I said that Trump doesn't want these ballots counted, these ballots that are postmarked November 3rd or before, but aren't... Um, aren't aren't but arrived after election day now they look guys they're legitimate ballots they're postmarked november 3rd before i don't know what to tell you they're they're, they're... <laughs> look, look up the mailbox ruling contracts i mean yeah. the, the the legal standard for an acceptance i don't know election law it's highly regional and it's very confusing i think yes. on purpose but typically speaking a legal standard is did you send it on time was it dropped in the mailbox and postmarked on time it's we've functioned with these absentee ballots happening uh, uh, effectively coming in the same amount of time that they are now. I just think nobody ever thought about it before. Nobody ever thought about it because it was never such a big part of an election. It was always something that kind of happened sometimes. And we always knew that absentee ballots kind of skewed left in states that didn't usually use them for this election. We, we, we knew that they were going to skew left because the only people who cared about staying home to vote were people on the left. People yeah. on the right were going out to the polls. I don't think I personally know anyone in kind of my social circle that voted on election day. Everyone either voted ahead of time in an in person um, well, situation early voting, or, or early mail, voting, though. Early, early in-person voting doesn't have the same uh, left-right skew that mail-in voting does. The mail-in voting thing was primarily coronavirus concern, and that's why it heavily favors the left, because the, the left are the ones who were, you know, the right's out here yelling about getting rid of mask mandates and the fear over that, and the left's out here saying mask mandates are awesome. You should have them all, always. Except also nobody wants to wait line that long to put masks on. That's true. I mean, that's, <laughs> no, it's, it, I, it, it doesn't matter how you feel about masks, whether you think they're amazing or you think they're the devil. Everyone will take a mail-in ballot option if they can, if it means that they don't have to stand in line. A thing that universally people from all walks of life hate. Yeah. With a mask on in what is now kind of hot weather majority of the country seasons are all fucked up right so we've got we have um we know that the case in pennsylvania is about the ballots the trump team said that they believe that there were thousands of ballots or 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 unofficial or or uh illegitimate ballots counted in nevada and clark county to which i'm like you gotta prove that though and that's going to be difficult. Now, I do want to cover one thing. I do want to talk about one thing. You heard about this watermark conspiracy thing, right? Yes, I have heard of the watermark. Okay, so there's a, uh, there's a conspiracy that um, these... That, that, okay, so... Okay, oh, i got to roll back a little bit for this. Um, DHS controls the printing. They contract for the printing of, of ballots. This is true. Um, and the theory is that the ballots are marked with an isotope 
that will allow them to be identified. If you've seen The Dark Knight, it's the opening of The Dark Knight, where they leave the I marked money. I think this should tell you everything about how this theory is. If Have you seen The Dark Knight? Yes. It's what happened in that, guys, so it's real. Right. Uh, and there's a couple of reasons this falls apart, in my opinion. The first reason that it falls apart is, like, what? <laughs> I mean, this is like this is nothing we've ever heard about. Um, and there's, there's really no basis for it. I saw it floating around in Q circles, so it's, like, questionable anyway. Um, yeah, but... Where's JFK? Right. The other issue that I have with it is, okay, if you have that system in place where the ballots, the official ballots are marked, whether they're marked with an isotope or they're marked with, like, any home printer marks a page that comes out of it with little uh, yellow dots in a matrix in, in a corner that identifies the printer that printed the, the paper, which is a true thing that printers do. And yes, you can use custom firmware to make them not do that. I recommend it. Um, That's how Dennis Rader got caught. That's how the BTK yep. killer got caught. He printed out a printer. Yep, that's exactly right. So, um, so, uh, what was I saying? Um, whether it's marked in that way or not, or with an isotope or whatever, I mean, the way that you handle that is just to pay somebody $100,000 to run a skeleton crew in the uh, print shop uh, after closing time and just print out another 10,000 ballots. Like, this isn't hard. <laughs> they do it in China all the time. Um, they keep the factory open and they make a bunch of counterfeit goods out of the same factory, but they do it on the cheap and they pay a skeleton crew to stay there and that's how they can make some extra money and then people can go sell these things on the black market. That's, this is a known thing that's very common. <laughs> so that's how you would handle that in the instance that these ballots, official ballots, are marked with either an isotope or some kind of identifying mark. Um, I don't know why people are putting eggs in that basket. Stop it. <laughs> it's when you have to do that much life work to get to an ending in which your conspiracy theory is correct about something that, I mean, like you said, essentially, just have the people that are on the team print out X amount of, uh, of ballots that would pass this isotope test. Uh, I think that's where you have a problem because if someone wanted to do it, it would not be that hard. Right. They would not need to jump through that many hoops. And additionally, a lot of these conspiratorial theories about uh, elections, which are largely decentralized, they're run by states, they're run even further down even by, by, counties. by counties. Yeah. The thing is that I don't think anybody would be able to keep this kind of secret for that long. A lot of these theories fall apart when it's like there'd be somebody, not a guy who says he know, knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy whose nephew was a Navy SEAL, but there would be actual people saying, you know what? Okay, I, I saw some shit. Right. I mean, it's... Uh, I think that the the allegations that I just blanket my opinions of the allegations of fraud are pretty much baseless. Well, they're on, nothing on, outside on a, of they're nothing outside of what you would expect. Yeah, there's always going to be irregularity. There's going to be somebody that slips through. I, that exists in every system and everything. Vote buying still happens. We know this. We know that vote buying still happens. We know that certain kinds of fraud do exist in elections, but. What we kind of bank on, well, there's two things that the government sort of banks on. The first is that it doesn't happen enough to really affect anything, and the second is that nobody really cares, which has been true up to this point. Both <laughs> have been true up to this point. So it's, it's, I don't think there's any fraud outside of the fraud we always have. Yeah, and that's, it. Try, try taking that to a, to a conservative judge whose goodwill has already been ground down so far by the past four years of this administration using the, the legal system as a quick avenue to get yeah, rulings a cudgel. on on emergency basis. This is the thing, the Supreme Court even, all of them, basically, they all, in response to these incessant 
emergent applications for writ to hear whatever thing was on the docket that day and the Trump administration put on the Supreme Court's docket, their response was essentially, please stop doing this. Please stop using us as a relief valve. Right. And I'm seeing that trickle down um, to other courts, to, to other courts, to the judge in the, I believe, the Western District of Texas, Hannon, Hannon, or I, I think yeah, it was Hannon. He's a Bush appointee, Bush 43, very conservative. People thought maybe that that drive through, mm. um, that that drive through lawsuit, the in to enjoy any about of the ballots. Um, to give some background, in, in Harris County, um, they did. This is something that wasn't talked about, by the way, because it made um, it undercut an argument that the left was making. Yeah, um, because it turned out even the conservatives were like, oh, fuck this. This is so dumb. Right. But this but uh, there's something that wasn't talked about in Harris County that because it undercut the left's narrative about there being a single drop box mm, yeah. was the fact that we had drive through voting in Harris County in Mega City 3. And um, they there was a, a uh, an organization. Well, not more. It's a guy. There's a yeah, guy a who's guy. an asshole. <laughs> he, um, he files lots of lawsuits and you look at it and go, wow, he actually is thinking about constitutional rights in regard to this X measure. Sure. And then he does something like call up the governor of Texas and leave a voicemail telling them to just shoot all protesters on site if anybody's looting. Right. So he, he's a guy who does one thing that might be kind of interesting and then a million things yeah. that he's a he is a it. he's a perennial stopped clock. He's a he's he's right twice a day, but he um he files suit saying that these votes were illegal and uh and illegitimate, and and drive-through voting was open during the early voting period in Texas. We have a week where there's early voting. No, it's about three weeks of early voting. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's two about two to three. Weeks. I've only ever done it in the last week, <laughs> <laughs> and I only ever did it once. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's there's uh, we have. Early voting and drive-through voting was open for that period of time, and so uh, this dude files suit, and this was on November second. Yes, it was. It was Monday. Yeah, it was. Yeah. November second. He did it a couple days earlier, and I don't know if he filed. Currently. He probably filed on that Friday. I yeah. He he filed in state court. I believe he was the one who brought both. If it wasn't him, it was probably a, a fellow traveler who who, who yeah. uh, filed, filed suit the same suit on in, his behalf in state court. So the state supreme court of Texas was like, "Come on, no," and just shut it down. Um, and yes. it's it also interesting to note: uh, not all states do this, but Texas isn't the only one. Supreme court justices are elected here, not appointed. Right, a good amount of them are Republican, and they're we Texas have a very conservative court here. And then he filed in the Western District of Texas. And got an extremely conservative judge. And I was seeing, you know, kind of rumblings amongst people that even kind of more reasonable, I guess, solidly progressive, but, sure, um, but sure. they're also part of the, the court system. And sometimes you find people, especially appellate advocates, who might be pretty liberal in their personal lives, but they understand the underpinnings of these things right. that make them a lot more reasonable when it comes to talking about how government functions, how elections function, what procedure is, what needs to be followed regardless of what side you're on. Right. Um, but I was seeing people actually seem a little concerned because he was a judge that people thought, you know what, maybe he's going to look at this in a technicality and he's going to say, we have to enjoin these votes. Or he's going to rule the precedent of, okay, we have to, in, we should enjoin them, they should be thrown out. However, it's not the people who voted, it's not their fault. They were operating on bad info so under the idea of estoppel that there was a reliance on this yes, then they yes, keep yes, yes. the vote i wasn't seeing much encouraging uh, commentary from anyone on either side 
Right. Because Hannon's so conservative. But these, his response these to fucking the suit, conservative judges are done. They are, they are so sick, sick of, of it. being used like this. Because people in the judiciary, and I get this, they can be realists, but there's a little thing at the bottom of those people's hearts, I think, where they think that maybe in the third branch, in the, as Hamilton said, the least dangerous branch, Hamilton the man, not the musical. Right. <laughs> um, the, the fact that you could maybe still use the judiciary as a safety valve. That that's a place where you could go and actually take the politics away. Which, right. You know, it's idealistic, the, but the I real, get it. The, the, how real it is is questionable, but as an ideal, it exists. Especially in somebody who's, who's a justice. I think that they, they try to look at their job in a lot of cases objectively, even if their own personal feelings end up swaying them to thinking of Sure. But Hannon was objective. He was pissed. Too. He was mad. His his response to this was basically what he did. Um, he just kicked it, didn't he? He he did a Marbury versus Madison style thing, which is where this 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 idea um, that judges did, especially back in the day, like John Marshall, mm-hmm. is here's this thing. What an interesting novel question. I'm not going to answer it. I'm going to answer it by saying. This shouldn't be in my court, and I have oh, no jurisdiction. Yeah, it was. It and was standing. Then, he yes, said there was yeah. no standing. He he said, he said that the uh, the the guy who filed the suit, this lawyer who's right twice a day, um, the 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 court's uh, determination was that he had no standing to file suit. He shouldn't be party to a case like this. No, he has no standing. He the what Hannon did is a is a tried and true uh, tradition. In the judiciary, and when someone brings you something that's fucking stupid or should go one way or the other way, but is political, you dismiss it on procedural grounds, which he wasn't right. wrong to. The guy didn't have standing. No, he you, he certainly he doesn't work you, for a campaign. You you dismiss it on procedural grounds, and then note: had this been a thing where you even had standing, this is what would have happened, and it wouldn't have gone your way. And right. that way, you technically. You didn't rule on anything political. You didn't make right. a decision. All you said was, I'm sorry, but you haven't followed the procedure. Yeah. Uh, so he dismisses it on procedural grounds. It goes up to the Fifth Circuit. The Fifth Circuit says, no, we're yeah. not hearing this. It's dismissed. Now, the one interesting thing is that um, Hannon's ruling did basically throw out the idea that the votes cast prior to Election Day could be thrown out. But it did leave open the door, and he wrote his rationale out there. So if anyone wanted to join on to it, I report they could see sure. how he decided it. Um, he said, however, if you, if you had standing, I would have said, no, you can't throw it there. But I also would have said uh, that election day voting should be enjoined and stopped. So he said, if you're a Texan who's going to vote on Tuesday, and you want to be totally sure that your vote's counted, do not vote in drive-thrus. Right. His, it, that, was the, that was part of the thing, was that um, now that this question exists, people shouldn't vote in the drive-thru on the third. That was sort of the, what I saw the rationale of it being was, okay, shit, this is being questioned now, so the court's not going to throw out the old votes, but now that it's been questioned, there's a possibility that you could enjoin the votes on November 3rd, so let's just not have people do that anymore well, and at first the harris county clerk almost took like a victory lap and said okay great this is a win for us and we're keeping all of the 10 locations open tomorrow and i saw that and i understand that most people don't understand the underpinnings of the federal right court system and reporters can't follow along with some of these rulings when they're happening like contemporaneously but 
the the headlines that I was seeing and the info that the Harris County clerk was spreading was that drive through voting is totally fine. It's totally safe. You can go tomorrow. And everyone was cheering on Twitter and everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, that fucking freaked me out because the thing is they didn't say that it was safe. What they said is if you voted beforehand, you're good. But specifically, it was noted, don't vote there on election day. So right. late that night, late Monday night, maybe middle of the night into Tuesday, uh, they did decide to shut down nine out of the ten locations. Right, but they left the one open. They left the Toyota Center open, which is where the Rockets play, right. I believe. Yeah. And Taylor Swift has concerts there. Like, if you're talking about a major location, it's this Toyota Center. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, everybody's worst fears about the judiciary didn't come true. If these people were truly evil partisan hacks, they would have thrown it out because legally you could find a basis to. Sure. I, with almost anything, you can find a basis to something. Oh, legally. yeah, there's some obscure if, case if, from 1865 you can if, use. If you try hard enough, you can. And I think that the conservative branch of the judiciary is pissed. Mm-hmm. And it's good for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the, this is this is one of the things that the judiciary tries to maintain is they try to maintain an air of nonpartisanship, even though it's I mean, it's not real, but they try. And <laughs> so they don't like being used as a cudgel. This is part of the reason that Roberts is seen as such a swing and such a bad conservative. Um, that man is so concerned with his legacy, which, you know what? I mean, if I were chief justice of the Supreme Court and my name's going to be in history books, I might think a little bit more about my public profile. Sure. But, I mean, in, in maintaining his public integrity, uh, he has conservatives real mad at him. Yeah. But he's the guy who said, you know what? I'm against abortion. And that I dissented in the case that we're relying on for today. But because of stare decisis, because the precedent must stand. That was the Louisiana stand, case. Yeah. That yeah. Was, so Whole Woman's Health was the Texas case. Roberts dissented. Um, but it was a, the, the majority went for removing these restrictions on abortions in Texas. And when a similar case, pretty much factually similar, it was the exact case, same. It was almost the yeah, exact same legislation. To, in, Louisiana. In, in Louisiana, comes up called June Medical. Roberts decides to uh, author his own opinion, and so it splits four one four. And in order to not be the judge that allowed abortion rights to be overturned, you know, whatever. Sure. Uh, in order to be the judge that made sure that the ACA didn't get totally struck down, et cetera, he he. He pulled a little Robert's trick, which is, I don't think abortion rights should be expanded, but this is the same case as the one before, and the court as a whole said that these restrictions were wrong. Therefore, I am saying that the thing that I don't agree with is the precedent, because that's the way the law works. Stare decisis. We have to maintain the precedent, even if I disagree with it. Which is a a good way to maintain your legacy. Now, he did leave the door open for things that he would rule on the other way. He also basically dismantled the undue burden analysis that was right. made by Sandra Day O'Connor in the 90s as a way to uh, deal particularly also with the medical advances made in between Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood. Sure. Casey. And there's the, now there's a viability thing that's going to come up. Anyway, that's, yeah, a, that's yeah, another that's, issue. That's, that's um, like a whole decade-long uh, <laughs> like podcast series, basically. Right. That, that's a whole you could do thing. You could do a lot with that. But in any case, um, so the election. Uh, what have we covered so far? I'm trying to think. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> uh, Trump, there's going to be some recounts. Trump is trying to fight some of the results. It's not going to work. Biden's the president-elect. It's, it's almost there, certain. There do need to be the recounts, though. I do, uh, not, that any, not that my opinion really means anything necessarily, <laughs> that anyone's going to listen to this and be like, yeah, wow, she's right. But I am 
horrified yet not surprised by people who are kind of ideologically closer to where I am, who are sure. more on the progressive side, who, just, you know, why would we ever have a recount? You need to have fucking recounts. Several of you, these states are within their statutory margin to trigger a yeah, recount anyway. These are, this isn't even like the Jill Stein grifting thing, which that's a whole podcast series in and of itself, yeah. too. Um, this is legitimately, it is so close that you do need to do a recount. As I would say to anyone on both sides, well, if you think that you won, what the fuck are you so afraid of? Yeah. That that the recount with all of the votes that are not fraudulent and all of these all of these legitimate votes, you're worried that you're gonna lose. Yeah. Uh, if if you're if you said that everybody voted for you, what what what's the problem? I see it as more of the the same thing that we've seen from 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 the the political dichotomy where it's like whatever that side wants, I don't want. And it's just not much thought being put into it. Yeah, it's just, and also people who, and I've seen this expressed by people of, uh, like, no, I don't think fraud happened. But if it did, you know what? I'll, t- I'll, I'll, uh, I'll look the other way because I hate yeah. Trump so much that I don't even want to know if there's fraud. Which there always is. This is a point that I really, really want to make, is that the election system is corrupt. Nobody has cared up until today. Like, that's, that's, some, that's a point that I really want to make, is that, that the, well, I just made it. <laughs> I mean, ask anybody who ever had any family that lived in Chicago in the past hundred years. Yeah. It's, it's not, <laughs> people got told who to vote for, and they were like, okay, sure, I will. I, it, it's, there is voter fraud, but it's not any of a, it's not, it's not a mass epidemic. There's fraud in everything. People defraud all sorts of government processes, which doesn't mean that it's not a bad thing. But if people are trying to finally bring attention to kind of voter fraud or voting irregularities or people being intimidated into voting, this has been going on for a long time. This is not unique to what's happening. It's just now become politically expedient for people to act as if there's been this mass conspiracy happening for hundreds of years when... I mean, it's horse trading to a certain degree. It absolutely like, is. Unless you're giving people a bunch of fake IDs and a funk, fake socials and you're sending them up to you know, polling places, that's not really happening. What's happening is on a kind of deeper level. It's not necessarily, okay, little Jimmy over here just turned 18. And, right. And, there's and always, it, it's time for him to do his part and vote for 10 people. Right. There's always vote buying. There's always, like, yeah, the, I mean, the it, system unions, doesn't work. Unions. Mm-hmm tell people who to vote for. And then there's that fine line, too, of, like, is that, an, is that intimidation? Is that telling people that there's... Right. It's a lot more nuanced. If it were so much as the same person's voting ten times, yeah, you could easily take that to court. Sure. But it's not. And it's that's not that why simple. it's harder to find. Let's be... Let's go... Let's move on to something else. Um, the Libertarian Party lost ballot access in a couple of states uh, because Joe Jordanson was shit. Uh, the... Um... It's not her fault. Don't <laughs> oh, look. She, I blame I blame the she, party more than I blame Joe. She she did a good job. She you know there's a thought piece or a paper that I write you know something yeah about how um in a time where even more people I think hated Trump which is now sure. um that she got what less than two percent of the vote and Gary Johnson got like three point six percent uh Gary John yeah yeah it's a woman thing I've decided. <laughs> Yeah, write that thing, please. Well, I mean, the thing is, I can't think of a better time for somebody to decide that they're going to third-party vote their conscience, and it's also a woman. I right. Don't, like, well, this is why this is why I blame the party more it, than I blame Joe. It was it is, a, an appealing prospect. I've said this for I've said this for a while now. 
The Libertarian Party keeps trying to focus on coalition building, and especially under Nick Sarwark and the Joe Jorgensen campaign, they started trying to coalition build with the left instead of the right. They, they, the, the early Libertarian Party under, under uh, uh, you know, Rothbard and, and all these guys, uh, the early Libertarian Party coalition, uh, built a coalition with the right, with the moral majority, with Reagan, Republicans. Huge mistake. Huge mistake. It's haunted the Libertarian Party ever since. And I, I think that the, uh, now they're shifting gears and trying to coalition build with the left, with Joe Jorgensen tweeting out, we must be anti-racist, and, and, and you know, all of the things that, the, that like Nick Sarwark was saying, things like that. Nick Sarwark, who's no longer in his position, but I think his effects will be felt forever. Um, not forever, but for a while. Uh, the, the Libertarian Party needs to stop doing that. Stop trying to build coalitions and develop your own identity. The, the Libertarian Party's coalition-building efforts only serve to... Uh, uh, it, it only served to alienate Libertarians on the right this cycle, which is why I think you had so many Libertarians switching to Trump. I mean, fucking uh, Austin Peterson, who, uh, who was a Libertarian presidential nominee in 2016, um, he was a very intellectually consistent Libertarian. I think he was better than Johnson. Um, he was started talking about how he was going to vote for Trump, and a vote for Trump is a libertarian vote. And I find that insane. You should not give a libertarian any any option for anything but a vote for the libertarian party to be a libertarian vote. And and the libertarian party has has fucked that up. They they did that. They built that, and now they're paying the price. Well, there the this idea of coalition building with the left too is. I understand intellectually how it could work. However, based on what they did with the moral majority uh, and aligning themselves with Republicans for the past 30, 40 years, the problem is, is that if you want to come around to the disaffected uh, Gen Z and kind of young millennial group, right. you can't do that now because their whole lives, they've known libertarians as that uncle that didn't care that they were gay, but also really liked being able to open carry. Like they, right. they associate libertarians as Republicans, but decent. So if now in 2020, you're trying to come around and get a 24 year old that loved Bernie, but hates Biden to vote for you. They don't associate libertarians as their own thing. They associate libertarians as the politically correct way to say that you're a Republican. So, Right. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely accurate. So while I think that uh, mm. theoretically, if we're living in a world in which the mistakes of the Libertarian Party aren't weighing over them, yeah, you actually could make an argument for getting progressive people uh, to vote for Libertarian, uh, almost in the, the basis that they want something like the Green Party, but they don't trust the government right now to have the kind of power the Green Party president would have. They sure. don't want to vote for the Democrat. They really don't want to vote for the Republican. So the hands-off approach, the libertarians work for them, but you're not going to get those votes when libertarians to them are just Republicans. For me, the Libertarian Party, and look, I'm I'm not a voter. <clears throat> I I, w I probably wouldn't vote even if the Libertarian Party were viable. But the Libertarian Party's move from a PR perspective needs to be: we are not liberal Republican. We are not conservative Democrat. We are libertarian. These are the things that we believe. And I, I think, frankly, instead of trying to build coalitions, they should be more exclusive. They should have their platform and say, if you disagree with this, we don't want you. I mean, that's 
they're acting almost as if coalition building is a virtue in a two-party system like this. Right. If we're talking about a multi-party system, sure. But that's not this world. Yeah. And I don't understand why, if you had a unique political philosophy that could appeal to a lot of people who disagree on a lot of things. I'll tell you, if, if you had that. The, uh, people who take the Yao on, on college campuses, people who identify with any party, who take the Yao politically homeless like survey thing, always come out libertarian. And it's because libertarians are the most reasonable people. It's, it's, not, it's not really, it's not difficult to make people, it's not difficult to send the message that, hey, um, I mean, gay people with AR-15s, cool, right? Yes, cool. Everyone thinks cool when you say that. And it's not hard to be that. But they, they, they keep trying to build coalitions with people who do not share their values. And in order to be viable, they must, they must send an air, they must have an air of exclusivity. It's not, we want you on our team, guys. We're libertarians, right? We're all libertarians in our hearts, right? That's all of us. No, 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 no. <clears throat> they need to be very hardcore about their values. And they need to say, if you're not, if you are, if you are not a person who agrees with these things, we don't fucking want you. You're the enemy, not a friend. And if you, if you approach it that way, there's nothing people hate more than being excluded from the club. Right? So if you, if, you, if you approach it that way instead, I think you're more likely to be successful. If you say, we are who we are, and if you are not us, you are the enemy. I think that'll work, except now that Biden's won and people now um, have faith in the political process again yeah apparently um it's going apparently to... <laughs> right i was I, I said that earlier was like it's been four years of our election system is so fragile that a, that a, a russian in a basement was able to overturn the entire fucking thing and now today our election system's fucking bulletproof and nothing untoward ever happens yeah now that everything's chill again apparently um and uh nothing bad will ever happen again um <clears throat> it's the libertarian party kind of lost their their moment and I guess the Green Party, too, I don't know. You know what? You would think that the Green Party would be a party I'd be more likely to vote for than the Libertarian Party, but I've never even, like, given the Green Party the time of day. The I, Greens I, all never came off to me as serious people. I mean, Libertarians aren't serious people, but the Greens came off to me as less well, serious than Libertarians. Well, they were very serious in 2016 when they were grifting a bunch of people. That's true. Um, I would have donated, actually, at that time, but I was waiting on a paycheck, and it's one of my happiest kind of moments in life to, rem to remember that I was not grifted personally by Jill Stein. But, the best part of living, to pay of living paycheck to paycheck is I couldn't donate to a grifter like Jill Stein. Yeah, I remember sitting there going, oh, I wish I could contribute. I, I was <laughs> young and dumb. But the, they, the Libertarian Party missed their chance because it's going to be a couple years now, yeah. maybe a couple cycles before people look at everything and go, you know what? This isn't working. Because it's not working, but people get placated because someone that's part of their party is power that person isn't as bad as the other person sure they 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 don't feel the imminent threat so they're not pushed to start to kind of interrogate well how did everything get this bad to begin with right and the coalition building hasn't worked it's been 50 years so stop doing that and just start punching everyone make enemies get your name out there piss people the fuck off that's how you succeed in politics
Libertarians pissed off progressives just by existing. They piss off Republicans, conservative Republicans no, just by existing too. Even more so, people get real people get real mad. <laughs> they're like, just why don't you just say you're a Republican? Like, yeah, no, they there's there's a special kind of disdain. Um, That's what, so, so the Libertarian Party lost ballot access in a few states, Ohio being one of them. They didn't meet the 3% threshold in Ohio, so they're off the ballot for the next cycle. So effectively, the clock has been turned back now to, I think the last time the Libertarian Party was fighting for ballot access was like 20, 2012. You know, I actually have a theory as to why it, uh, they ended up having such a bad year. Uh, because of the... the uh, well, there's a lot of reasons why they had such a bad year. What's your theory? What? Because Joe Jorgensen got bit by a bat. Oh yeah. <laughs> On that note, she wouldn't even say how it happened. Okay, she didn't disclose how it happened. I think that she was cursed. <laughs> An old gypsy woman cursed Joe Jorgensen, um, with a bat bite. I'm I'm interested too. This is another thing. I want to know how this is going to affect, and again, I've said this before, on this show, I, I'm an anarchist. You're, you're not, but you don't have to be. No, I'm, I'm not an anarchist. I don't know if I really have labels anymore, but someone <laughs> could probably say, I don't know, progressive, but not, you know what, I've been orphaned <laughs> by the political <laughs> system, but definitely not anarchist and definitely not conservative. Sure. Um... Left libertarian then. Uh, so the <laughs> so the uh, what was I saying? Um, the, the the I've said before on this show that yeah, I'm an anarchist and all other stuff. My first love is political science, and part of the fun of political science is the horse race, is the 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 fact that it's WWE for morons, the fact that it's like all of these things that that it makes it fun to me. The the statistics, the all of the data, all of all of this stuff is fun for me. To look at the sociology of it is fun. I think this is very, 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 very bad for the Democrats. This, this, the outcome of this election. Oh, it's it's a fucking nightmare. They have no reason to change now. Yeah, they got rewarded for running the most boring, shady, just fucking loser mm -hmm. who only was palatable in opposition to someone that people consider to literally be the 21st century Hitler. Mm -hmm. And they got rewarded for it. What happens when they don't have someone that people call Hitler to run up against? They got rewarded for basically just showing up and being less objectionable. They teamed him up. Not only did they run him, not only did they run a, 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 a rich career politician, a warmonger, a racist, a white man, a, like, they ran all of these that credibly accused of sexual assault. Not only did they run that guy, but they teamed him up with a fucking cop from California. Okay, let's let's. Not everyone realizes that prosecutors can also be cops. <laughs> Have you made this distinction? Well, no, no, no. Kamala, uh, Kamala's a cop, isn't me. Well, I know, but maybe not. <laughs> I always feel the need to explain. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so they they ran they they teamed him up with Kamala Harris, a cop from California who put a man on death row and didn't allow the DNA evidence that exonerated him to be heard until she got called out by the New York fucking times for having put him on death row. He spent 18 fucking years there. This is a woman who has broken families apart because of a fucking truancy law. 
This, this woman is bad fucking news. Really, really bad fucking news. This is a woman who puts people in prison for smoking marijuana, and then when she's asked, have you ever smoked weed? She fucking laughs about it. And she's like, yeah, I inhaled. <laughs> I mean, actually, this might, I just thought of this. This could be a sneaky win for the Democrats in that, that they've realized they can run a centrist law and order closer to conservative than centrist Democrat if they want. They just, that candidate has to be able to say the right things and connect with the right people. They basically ran Joe Biden, but because she's Here's a the woman. Thing. Like, in my view, they didn't even run Joe Biden. He hid out in his basement the whole time. Like, this was entirely an opposition thing. Oh, yeah. The, I think the, I mean, a, a lot of the time people do vote kind of based on how they don't want the other guy to win as opposed to them loving their candidate. But this year, especially, it was a I hate the other guy vote. But I feel like this. Because Kamala is kind of really the one who, like, th- that's who you're electing. Everybody mm-hmm. kind of knows whether or not it's mid-Biden's term or he just doesn't run, run for a second term. And How long runs. is Biden president before Kamala takes the chair? I actually think it might go to the end of the You think term. he might do his term and then bow out and let Kamala run? He might do it, and then it's going to be... Because that's what he said he was going to do. Yeah, I, I think he'll do that. I also think that, I mean, they could just do what they did with Reagan and, like, Nancy was running the show when sure. Reagan started to really have severe cognitive decline. Um, I don't think it'll be Jill running it, but, I mean, and everybody... Kamala. No, I said I don't think it'll be Jill running Nancy Reagan. Right, that's what, I was, oh, that's what I was saying. It'll be Kamala. Yeah, it'll be her. Uh, I, everybody knows whether or not they think it's, you know, a conspiracy where he's going to step down, like, three months in or whether or not he's just going to run you know, do his full term, and then she sure. easily uh, gets the Democratic nomination. Uh, but people, people knew that that's, that that's the future they're voting for with her, that she's going to be the one that gets the, the torch passed to her. And she represents some of the most conservative policies of kind of any progressive person. Right. Um, it, kind of a different, different topic that, that would require kind of more research, but... It is interesting to see a lot of these very progressive seeming women who were prosecutors and district attorneys right. get um, get kind of hammered on the fact that they did not practice what they preach. It happened with Klobuchar. It's it's happened with a couple people. Obviously, it wasn't a big enough thing for people to not vote for them. I mean, I know people who were like, "Yeah, I mean, I think what she did was terrible and didn't know criminal justice reform." Like, I, I'm weighing my options, and right. I still think that Trump worked. Um, but that's the thing, it's, is that I, on all of the things that Kamala's bad on, Trump is good on. It's, it's... I, I don't think that you can jump into the mind as I can, having been in these circles, like pretty much exclusively progressive circles my sure. entire life. They don't... Anything Trump did that could be seen as a semi-positive was either a mistake, a fluke, or it didn't happen in the place why. The stuff on criminal justice reform, I mean, I, I think it's good that any, if anyone gets out of jail for something they shouldn't be there for, I don't care how it happens, like, as long as no hurt, you know? Right. Like, it's a good I, thing. I, it's a it's good, a good thing. thing. Um, I don't, I think that that pretty much was, as Trump himself put it, Jared's woke shit. Right. He got, he got pissed at Jared for something and I guess like yelled at people. But he claimed that he was done with. Well, of course he's going to claim. What is he going to say? This good thing that I did, I actually didn't want to do. I'm thinking a second term Trump knows this is a good thing. I don't think he knows anything. (laughs) Like, I don't. 
the, this idea that people have of him being so calculated he's not like everyone's well, that, running that around actually, with a chicken I mean, with their head in cut my off. in my opinion that goes to my point where he's like where it's like oh wait people actually like that People weren't mad about the criminal justice reform thing, and people actually enjoyed it, especially the blacks. I think I'll do that. Well, like, they they probably would want him to, but for, I mean, that's, I, I don't even know how to get ahead of what is or is not happening there. I don't think sure. anything's as haphazard as people think, and I also don't think anything's calculated as people think. Right. It's but not, the, it's not five-dimensional chess, and it's not checkers. It's probably more like regular chess. People, like, <laughs> progressives don't look at what happened when he got people out of jail did not get in jail when he actually did kind of more criminal justice reform or action than most presidents have like ever uh especially in the past 20 years yeah 20 especially years. democrats but um they don't look at that and go that's a reason why they go that's a fluke jared told him to do that uh or he did, was bribing the black yeah, vote or which by the way for woke people for woke people to say that criminal justice reform is bribery of the black community is a little super fucking racist no, but that, that's the, they justified in that it's not racist because supporting Trump would be the real racist thing, and people are being tricked, which is, that's a very patriarchal notion, too, of like, oh, I'm telling you you're being tricked, as opposed to this person just decided that based on their ability as a human being to make their own decision, that right. that decision was right for them. So no, Trump, no. Trump actually did gain with non-white voters. He voted with uh, educated individuals. He, mean, vote, he gained with white women. He didn't gained, he lose with white men? That was like the only group that he appreciated. He lost, lost a little from. bit with yeah. white men, and that's it. He gained yeah. with literally everyone else. And I, I find that hilarious anyway. I think it was a third of Muslims voted for Trump. Um, the Jewish population, I think 70% sure. voted for Biden. Um, the majority of Protestants did. It was 50-50 for Catholics. Mormons pretty much went for Trump. Sure. I think, I think the Republicans are understanding. I think the Republicans are learning from this and the Democrats are not. Uh, the Republicans have learned and accepted that they are the party of the workaday guy. They have accepted that they are the working class party. The Democrats lost that. Yeah, without they, without they lost that voting, when they lost 2016, when they lost some of the unions, it was never when they lost go back. the right the blue wall and the rust belt. When they lost all of that, and look, without mail-in voting, I contend they still lose that today. Without all the mail-in voting stuff, I would contend that they would still lose the blue wall and the rust belt in the union. I think the only reason they didn't is because of turnout, mm -hmm. because of mail-in. Um, so I think the Republicans are learning from this, and the Democrats are very much not. The Democrats have a massive Hispanic voter problem. They're not going to address it because they were able to skate with Biden. They think they're winning. Yeah, they're not going to. What the Democratic Party doesn't do is adapt well. And I almost feel as if they get lazy. Like over the years of me watching someone who was too young to vote and then someone who could vote, I've been a very long time from a very young age mm -hmm. interested in all of this and leaned Democrat. Uh, like identified as just explicitly as a Democrat for many years. Right. Um, still basically only go for Democrat voters. Like right, it, right. But looking at them, it, they're not working hard enough to get people to vote for them. In a Trump situation where people are like, man, I really hate him and I think he's bad and I think he's going to turn America fascist country. Okay, they'll vote. Mm -hmm. They'll vote for the Democrats. But the Democrats are not preparing for the world that is existing four years from now, eight years from now, 12 years from now, where they have not learned to change with the times. The GOP is quick on its feet. They changed when Trump came around. 
they changed to kind of be just anti-Trump enough that they would still maintain for people who consider them credible because some progressives, it doesn't matter. They'll never consider them credible. They've learned how to work on their feet. The Democrats haven't. They're stuck in a world in which Clinton and Biden are people that are appealing to Gen Z and the millennials. I think that I think this the uh, Justin Robert Young calls the the little coalition that all dropped out and 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 endorsed Biden the centrist Voltron. I think that <clears throat> sorry <coughs> cough. I think that the Democrats are paralyzed mm-hmm. because the Democrats see this ascendant left wing within their own party. And I don't think they know what to do with it because they know it's going to scare off anybody over the age of 45. They know it. And they, they, they can't do that. And so they run somebody like Biden who is safe, milk toast bullshit to put in front of the American people. And they, they, they run somebody like that because they know it's very safe. What do you do with the Bernie camp? What do you do with the AOC camp? What do you do with this ascendant left wing within the Democrat Party? I still, th- I think the best thing is for these people to be like the Democratic Party, so the Democratic Party of whatever, you know, centrist, the third way type of the night. Sure. And then we just accept we're not a party of two, we're not a country of two parties. We're not. The Democratic Party is one distinct thing. The Sanders wing is one distinct thing. Mm-hmm. The AOC wing is almost distinct from the Sanders thing. Uh, the blue dogs that died, like, in the mid-aughts, yeah. the more conservative Democrats, um, they're gone, like, the this no longer works, but the thing is no one's being on either side being given the impetus to realize we either need to completely shift or just accept this party can't, this party doesn't represent 50% of the American populace. I think I know how you make both happy. I think you can split the difference. And I think they had the opportunity and they fucking squandered. I think the opportunity to sort of reform the Democrat Party into something that people can vote for for the next 30 years was a Gabbard-Yang ticket. Yeah, but that, that wouldn't happen. I, the, think Gabbard, I think Gabbard and Yang, look at how much they've been on TV. But, Gabbard and Yang are the future of the but, Democrat but Party. That, but and the party's too stupid to realize They're not, it. though. They're the future of a different party that spun off the Democratic Party. I don't think that they'll let people like that in there. And that, that's the problem. They're the future of people who vote Democrat. I don't think they're the future of the Democratic Party. That party is incapable. And like I've said before, I've said this many times before, um, that the Democrats are incapable of taking something that's being given to them. Like, they don't know on how a to silver take a plate. Win. They'll find I, a way to turn a win into a loss. I actually did. I thought Trump was going to win. And on election night, I actually did fall for the red mirage. I really saw the Oh, dude, I voting. thought Pennsylvania was stuck. Yeah. I thought Pennsylvania and Georgia and North Carolina, all three were going to Trump, and Trump only needed to pick up one of the, uh, either Wisconsin or Michigan, or needed to pick up uh, Nevada or Arizona. I thought, I thought Trump gets one more state, he wins. That was yeah. my whole fucking I, thing. I thought that he was going to win. Um, I didn't want him to win, but I thought he was going to win because every time in my short lifetime that I've seen the Democrats be handed something, like being handed Trump 2016. Sure. Or being handed uh, nominating a justice after RBG died. Something that, wow, that entire process was legitimate and legal. Not any different from any other nomination process. They got a lot of people to think was illegal and wrong and immoral. They managed to change the definition of court packing. Yeah, they... they, The popular definition of court packing is now appointing a justice in your last year as president. Which is completely legitimate and has been done many times. They... But they took that, they got people to believe that a thing that was completely constitutional and legal and ethical and legitimate 
was basically something that people should almost be thrown into jail for. Right. They got people to believe that. And I honestly, yes, they did win, but they should have been able to win by a wider margin than the one that they I did. Think, they still squandered it, it. Like the 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 ACB nomination happening should have been enough that all of these people lost their shit and Biden actually wins it. Not a landslide, but less narrow margins than this. Like Here's that, the pro- I think Biden, though, was the problem with that happening in the first place because, think about this, I can't remember who the talking head was. I think he was on MSNBC. But he said, the Democratic Party does not feel like winners. The Democrat, this is, the Democratic Party didn't just want a victory. They wanted a moral victory, and they didn't get that. It was too far, far, far too close to be considered a referendum on Trump or anything like that. The only reason the Democrats win this time is because of turnout, and that is it. It is very narrow margins in all the states that matter. Um, and so, for, for, the, for the Democrats, uh, um, they're, they're going to celebrate. I mean, the people who identify as Democrats are going to celebrate and see it as a win, but as far as the people who had a real interest in a referendum on Donald Trump, they didn't get that. No, they, they didn't, and I mean, if, if you've got a bunch of people walking around perfectly constitutional process, illegitimate, incorrect point, so terrible, and, dun, 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 dun. and then you still barely win the Senate. I mean, the Senate still, we don't know. Probably going to flip Democratic, uh, but it might not. There's a, the, the thing that matters for the Senate at the moment is the uh, runoff that's going to have to happen in Georgia. Yeah, so the, with Ossoff. Right. Who I don't think is going to win last time. He just keeps giving tons of money, being given tons of money to run for uh, seats in the legislative branch right. and lose them. Um, I don't think he's going to win. It just barely went to a runoff. Like he, he's not going to win. Yeah, I, I but, would agree with but that. The, but the, 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 the victory lap yeah. that they're taking when they've successfully convinced fifty percent of the population that apparently everything is unconstitutional now, but you still barely win. You still go into a recount, but nobody sees that. Like nobody in history books is going to talk about how they didn't really like. They're going to call it a referendum in somebody's AP U.S. history textbook. In 30 years, they're going to say that it was a moral reaction, moral. Uh, yeah. That 2020 was blowback, blowback for, Trump yeah. being a, for Trump being an asshole. But if they were so good at their messaging, or if people bought it, that's the thing, too. It's not even the messaging. I think people bought, don't buy the fact that everything that's being done is necessarily illegitimate or illegal. Right. I think the biggest question that lots of people who are upset about what's happening on all sides should be asking themselves is, why is it legal? Yes, that nomination process is completely legitimate and legal. Do you not like that? That's the problem then. Right. The problem is that there's something that so many people hate that's supposed to be representative of them. That's the question that everyone should be asking themselves. I mean, is, look, why, why are things this bad, but nothing's wrong? Look, I've got a problem with the premise. 50% of people hate it. The other 50% love it. So, and, and here's the thing. That, those same 50% were flipped. When it was Merrick Garland. Yeah. So, so they don't actually hate it. And the, the other people don't actually love it. It's just not politically expedient for them at the moment. Yeah, they don't. The, the amount of, of questions that people have asked about this. Right. Just really, really uh, boggles the mind. <laughs> when it's like, well, we were all alive four years ago, right? Do you remember how you felt about Merrick Garland? Yeah. Okay, well, think about it as if it were Merrick Garland then. Right. 
it's it's the same thing. Just politics is not a inherently moral or ethical thing. It's a dirty business. Just everyone just admit to themselves. Yeah, I mean, when it's my guy, I want it to be that. And when it's not, I don't. Just admit that. You will sleep better at night. Yeah. <laughs> Realizing that not... Uh... Or you could take it... I mean, yeah, here's the thing. That would collapse that that sort of um, weird... Uh, oh, what's the term I'm forgetting? The, the cognitive, dissonance. cognitive dissonance there. But it would also... Um, I mean, you could take it a step farther and actually become philosophically consistent. Um, that's, that's something that's, people could do. That's too much. I, we're asking them to think critically uh, <laughs> and now you're asking them to be logically consistent uh, also known as the thinking critically all of the time yeah <laughs> no, that's, and i'm not even saying that people are dumb it's just i think most people are just living their lives mm-hmm. most people aren't sitting around like us talking about this all the time they're just taking care of their families and working and I, I, we've I, talked about this before people get their news the average person isn't listening to this podcast people get their news from when they turn on uh whatever their chosen cable news network of choice is, or, or broadcast if you're a boomer, um, or cable if you're a boomer. The only people who watch news anymore are boomers. Um, people get their news from the, you know, whatever they turn on at 5 o'clock when they get home. People get their news from whatever is... Well, Facebook, to a large degree. Now, sure, yeah. Facebook, whatever's on the MSN front page when they're scrolling through their Internet Explorer at work. <laughs> Yahoo News. Yeah, right. Like, that's how people get news. That, so, so the average person isn't in on all this shit and i don't think they should need to be the fact that we now have a system in which a part-time job has to be keeping track of all of the fuckery that happened yeah. and whether or not this is consistent with what happened with the last president like it's not it shouldn't you shouldn't have to basically work a second shift to educate yourself on political issues so you can figure out who the least harmful person is to vote for i think the best thing for the future of the democratic party would have been a punishment they needed to. They needed to not get the blue wall back. Yeah. They needed to be punished, and they. Uh, they also would have stayed fired up. That's four yeah. more years of fired yeah. up Democrats. How great is that for you as a party? Them having Trump be essentially like a Carter, not to confirm. I love Jimmy Carter. I'm not besmirching that man's name. <laughs> I. But Carter, okay. as in like he he came in and like wow, it's him. He's here, and then he only served one term. Yeah. The, the situation we now... All voted, that, we all voted for granddad, now we can vote for real politicians again. Yeah, like the, yeah. The, the situation where Trump is a one-term president and that's it gives them absolutely no incentive to learn anything. They because lose all of this engagement that they had, all of this fucking riled up, angry fucking Democrats, that's dead now. No, yeah, nobody's angry anymore. It's going to go back to like, aw, isn't that... People are going to criticize Biden... Like, the way that people started criticizing Obama after realizing that, like, you could really like a candidate, but also politicians do bad things or things right. that, uh, things that, that you wouldn't necessarily agree with. Or you find out, like, how every president runs national security, which is they don't, and they just <laughs> have other people in control. Of, they just let the CIA like, handle it? Yeah, of, of droning innocent people and children. Yeah. Um, people are gonna sit back and, like, criticize Biden on, like, Medicare for all, just being, like, you know cheaper ACA premiums right and then they're gonna and then that's the thing they're gonna get apathetic because that's what happened with a lot of people is they got apathetic because they thought whatever I don't love Biden they're not they're not gonna vote for this it's not gonna be people who are upset with the Democrats they're gonna vote Republican it's going to be as it usually is in these elections who decides to stay home and when these people aren't fired up anymore they're not gonna go vote for whoever the Republican is in 2024 right but they're not 
they're gonna but the basically get spoiled the Republicans again. are gonna be shouting about a stolen election for the next four years. The Republicans are gonna be there. They're gonna be fired I don't, fucking up. I actually the don't. The Republicans are gonna show up for the midterm. I don't think um they're going to be doing the stolen election thing as much as we think. Oh, I think they will. I I think that the the future of the party is people like Cotton and Sass and Hall. Those yeah. people are fucking done with Trump. These are pretty young guys who are very accomplished. I think Ben Sass has like three doctoral degrees. Something he's, he's pretty too, right? Yeah, they're they're all Tom Cotton, but Holly and Sass are like these kind of. Uh, oh, Holly's kind of cute too. These uh these Republican JFK types, and right. they're I don't agree with basically anything that they've ever said. But during the ACB hearings, you can tell these this is the next generation, and those people don't want to deal with. They, they know that the election was stolen. They know it's just really close. Yeah, they hated Trump. He besmirches the name of their party that they've spent all these years working for. I think that one of the smartest, maybe this is also an argument too of why the GOP needs to split off. The GOP that would hammer on stolen election for the next four years isn't one that the Hall well, and Sass types. That almost happened with the Tea Party, and they just got subsumed by the party proper. I mean, that's why that's why Ted Cruz is where he is. He was a Tea Party candidate. Yeah. Get that. Ted Cruz was a Tea Party candidate through and through, and now he's just a Republican. I I don't think Holly and Sass will do it because they didn't come in on that though. They just came in on, I mean, things becoming more conservative. Sure, it, but they they're kind of they, a throwback. They're they, kind of a throwback to the old Republican uh, Reagan Republican. Days. I think people like that. The more power that they start to get, which they could because people like them, and Holly had I'm, I'm making air quotes um, leaked somebody leaked audio with his constituents where he was basically shitting on Trump and talking about how it's ridiculous and, you know, working yeah. with him is terrible. I'm sure that that was leaked by his own campaign. I oh, mean, yeah, it, yeah. It, come on, it doesn't hurt him. It actually makes him vaguely sympathetic to progressive. Like, it makes him look good. Yeah. So, people like that, I think if they get a certain amount of power in the party, they're going to be like, no, we have to move on from this. Trump fucking tried to destroy it. We, sure. We lost this election and could have won it by couple hundred thousand more votes in some place so we're dropping that it didn't work he's not a republican he was an opportunist he shouldn't get to define the party that i would like to lead yeah for the next hundred years i i think there will be two sides to the gop response just like the dnc response and yeah it'll probably end up being a wash of gop scream stolen election dnc forgets that you know now that they don't have trump to play off of they have to actually support and uh, you know, in like 12 years, we'll be back in the same spot. Yeah. I, I find it, I, I just think the, uh, I think the Republicans are learning more from this than the Democrats are. I think the Democrats are going to maintain a level of, uh, of paralysis moving forward, um, where the Republicans will not. I think the Republicans will move. Uh, they'll move to redefine themselves away from Trump, as you said. They'll move to, um, to try and win back. I think they'll move to, being the party of the working class because that that wins elections, um, and and I think they'll continue to uh, to hold uh, Hispanic votes, uh, not that Hispanics focus vote as a block, but uh, I mean that they're generally considered to be a voting block that matters, and the Democrats have lost. Them. Um, they have a massive problem with them. They haven't lost them entirely. They have a massive Hispanic voter problem. They've lost the union. They've lost the working class. 
They're seen as the party of coastal elites, and nobody, uh, <laughs> nobody, uh, west of Appalachia or east of Nevada, like, you know what I mean? So, uh, I mean, look at Florida. Florida is, I think, the bellwether. Florida should not have gone the way they did. Uh, uh, look, like, that's Jury made an excellent point about Florida. Jury called Florida hours before anyone else did, and he called it when Biden's lead in Miami was 9%. Yeah. He was saying, uh, 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 Jury said that a Democrat should win Miami-Dade by 30%. Yeah. Hillary won it by 29 Like, a Democrat should be that far ahead in Miami-Dade minimum to be viable in Florida. And uh, uh, he described Joe Biden's performance in, in Miami-Dade and in Florida specifically as historically bad. And he did this early in the night. And the, uh, the Biden campaign had, I guess, told reporters that the, their plan in Florida had worked. To the extent that he got the vote out in the places where they thought they needed it. The problem was, was that the Miami-Dade turnout was so low. So their plan, for whatever it was, worked but still fucked them. Mm -hmm. Because they didn't, they, it's, it's just hilarious to me that, that that result of Florida was after they did everything that they thought that they needed to do to get the vote there. And they did get, I guess, the votes they didn't think they were going to. But then Miami-Dade goes. Here's another sign. This is another interesting thing that happened. Um, and it goes to the Hispanic vote as well. Uh, in Texas, all these people who are saying Texas is going blue and blah, 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 blah. Look, if you look at the county Texas by county. Texas is never going blue. I'm so tired of hearing this. Well, as if we keep getting California transplants, we might, but here's a problem. Are they going to live in the Permian <clears throat> Basin? Well, <laughs> nobody lives in the Permian Basin. That's part of the issue. <laughs> but, the, uh, but consider the Rio County. Mm -hmm. The counties that are down along the Rio Grande, always blue, right? Every time? Okay. Less blue by 30% this round. I think Democrats lost 30% in the Rio counties. Those are always blue counties. Those are always counties that go hard. Those are always counties that go hard Democrat. And the Democrats lost 30% there. I mean, people are pointing out. There are people who are like, listen, like different minority groups have talked about how they're like, so tired of the Democrats just banking that will show up. Not doing anything, not giving us good candidates, not yeah. giving a fuck about anything that actually affects us, but you just assume that because I'm part of this racial cultural group, I'm just going to show up and vote sure. for you no matter and what. You, and you know who liked Donald Trump's immigration policy? Legal Mexican immigrants. <laughs> legal, legal Mexican immigrants. Nobody hates illegal Mexican immigration more than legal Mexican Um, They complain about it all the time. Uh, because they, they see it as giving them a bad name. They see it as like, well, I did the fucking work. Why can't you? Um, anecdotally, there is some leftover kind of admiration with some people. Not, not, um, uh, because Reagan was the one that did that big amnesty. The amnesty thing still hangs around. Amnesty thing. Cause that was a huge deal. If lots of people were affected by that, maybe I not, with the guy. maybe not personally, but they had friends or they, they saw that the policy was turning towards being extremely compassionate towards them and towards people in their communities so yeah i mean if i were on that end i probably would be like you know what i mean these people gave us amnesty though sure this party was the group that did it you guys talk all you want about this stuff but millions of people i think it was millions yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i worked with a guy named joe and uh that dude got amnesty under he died 
Uh, but I mean, recently. I mean, I don't know why I brought him May, back. You, he died. you made that sound like it was like got amnesty. He yeah, died. it's not related. <laughs> His death was unrelated to the amnesty thing. But yeah, um, he 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 got amnesty under Reagan, and and he liked Reagan for that reason. And that's all you really need. Um, something that big happened. It's like I mean I don't know what to tell you guys. I know you dislike him for other reasons, but he changed millions of people's lives. Yeah, he did a thing that was. That is whatever his reasons were, and I don't know the backstory around it. Is a very compassionate. And, I'm pretty sure like, it was just a progressive to create, thing to do. I'm pretty sure it was just to increase uh, how many people are going to be voting. Like I'm pretty sure it was just yeah, to try and buy the Hispanic vote. Whenever you but, see these things, you're like that's so great. What a truly good thing. But it's still the, not a bad policy. Yeah, no, it's still that's the thing behind it. It might have been motivated to getting more votes, but uh, at the end of the day, it helped a lot of people. Right. So I don't know. I I I think. I think the Republicans are going to learn more. I think the Republicans also, look stronger moving forward. The Hispanic voting bloc, too, just like one last thing on that, is that people look at it as one bloc. It's not. It's not. There's Cubans entire, vote differently from... There's the Caribbean, yeah. there's Central America, there's the entire continent of South America, and people will just act like... I mean, honestly, people who are supposed to be so progressive act like everyone's just from Mexico. Right. And one, that's not true, and it's... Yeah, wow. How, well, how, how, how progressive to, were you for thinking that the people Trump are just was from able one to country. buy Trump was able to buy the Cuban vote by going to Florida and well, saying all this stuff not about immigration? No, the Cubans typically vote for Republicans sure. because anyone who lived under someone like Fidel Castro, uh, I mean, like yeah, well, like, they hate well, they hate the left. Yeah, Jury uh, said that he was like he was like I guess to break down the Cuban vote and like very briefly, it's yeah. they don't like it when people say they're going to take things, they're going right. to take your things, like. This idea, or if, give you shit for if, free. <laughs> if you say socialist to someone who lived, if you're calling somebody socialist to someone who lived in a place that was honest to God, yeah, like Bernie Sanders regime, isn't going to be collecting the Cuban vote anytime soon. Yeah, where people weren't allowed to like you, you rented your, it, isn't it that you still rent your home from the government or something? Well, like I mean, that? we do that here. We have property tax. Okay, but yeah, but but <laughs> let's let in the purest sense, like they, it wasn't even a tax. You get what I mean. Like I people who actually yes. lived in places where things were taken from them and then given to them for free, but at great expense, mm-hmm. where, where socialism played out in a way that created a dictatorship. Uh, yeah, I probably get, get free shit at great expense. <laughs> I, I, I probably wouldn't be inclined to vote for people no, that are talking me. about that. I mean, I, but it doesn't it, it doesn't hurt. And it's it's I don't think it's been quantified yet, but I think it really mattered that when Trump went to Florida and he said all this stuff about immigration. Doesn't apply to you Cubans. You guys set a foot on American soil. You belong here. I, that was a that's, still, a that's a policy I'm maintaining. I still think that they would Oh, sure they would have. But like, that I, don't, hurt. I don't think it made that big of a difference. Because, like, I, I don't think it made that Com- Comparatively, that's been I haven't seen it quantified. so ingrained. I haven't seen it quantified. I, but think, I, I think the soil will actually apply to a couple different countries. And sure. now it's just... Yeah. I think that might predate the Trump administration, though. It becomes just... Well, that was the thing. But he, 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 he hammered on Florida, and he absolutely took Florida with a vengeance. And, and this is after you got a lot more eligible voters. I'd like to see the breakdown of that. This was, I believe, the first presidential um, where people who had been incarcerated and who were felons were given their right to vote back. Oh, yeah. And people thought that... I mean, one, that, that process, of course, right? Like, the, the measure passes, and then they still make it extremely difficult for right. anybody to actually be able to vote. But I think on the whole, you're still getting more uh, eligible voters in. I think people might have assumed that they would just all go blue and either 
they went a lot of them went blue and it wasn't enough or it was a wash i mean i i think i i like i think i saw optimism in the fact that that was a group of people who now will be able to vote again and it wasn't enough did the democrats think they were going to get them i because i could easily see that going to trump i i think that people make a people make a lot of assumptions about people based on things that don't have anything about them. right they make an assumption that because somebody was in jail that they're a certain kind of person they make an assumption that somebody in jail would then never vote for what's unjust because that group thinks that no one could ever think trump could be just. sure all like well, my position i mean look I, I i could see that block as a block if they vote as a block which is not likely but i could see the, the plurality of those votes going to trump on the simple basis that he's done the criminal justice but reform I, shit. i think that that actually he hasn't done enough though in a way where 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 people i don't think it's enough to make a block of people who are in jail go he let some people out of jail yeah but his vice I'm president isn't him. a cop they don't see that this is your problem you don't see things that from the perspective of other they just as firmly though well, that's what i'm trying to do no but i'm trying to see it from the perspective of someone who was a they, felon who just got their right to vote back that that doesn't they don't wait or yeah they know that she was da they don't care they still think Trump certainly is worse. Possible. Like, certainly possible. And also, not everybody knows. I don't know. About Has that been broken out? Not Can we everybody. Look up those numbers? I don't know. Not everybody knows about the things the same way too. Like, like even people who, if they were given more information, might say, "I don't like that I'm not voting for them," or people who would be given the information say, "I don't like that I'm still voting for them." Sure. The, the perception of these people is very different from one person. My my point is like I don't I I'm not I don't know if it was smart if Democrats were banking on that I don't know if that's very smart because I can think of multiple no, reasons why they shouldn't I don't think they were banking I'm not saying I, I think I, they voted that way I'm saying they certainly I don't could. think they were banking on it. but I didn't see anything where anybody was thinking that the people who had their right restored to vote were gonna go all red and I have no idea if this even factored in right that's a, what, a, enough it's, because it's then they there was that um. There was that opinion that came out about um, fees, like yeah, you could get your right back to vote, but you had to pay all the fees off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that. It, but I, I saw when it was happening, there was talk amongst liberals of how great it was because it was going to open up votes in Florida because part of the voter suppression was that people who would lean Democratic, basing on assumptions that they're making about. Sure. Would that it would? I mean, it probably would add blue votes. Well, I mean, it would add some, but I don't know if it would add enough but, to outweigh red votes. It would add. I mean, there is there is a I mean, lot. It could of, be fifty fifty. Who the fuck knows? It wouldn't matter. There was a lot of uh, kind of plea that people were taking, and yeah, no more voter suppression. But it was like you really care the grassroots that you that you think you're going to get your team more votes. Yeah. When it's like, no, those people should be able to vote. I mean, I want to talk. I do want to talk a little bit about the fallout of this. We've been going for long than an hour, so I, I do want to move on to something. Where, um, so I've been looking. I was looking through Twitter, and I'm not going to be doing that very much because everybody's making the same year fired joke. Please stop doing that. It's not funny. Um, <clears throat> the uh, uh, hot take: No Trump joke has ever been funny, and I really yeah. don't like him. That's not me liking him. They're just not funny. Do better. Yeah. Uh, the okay, so. I've seen some things that I knew were going to fucking happen. There are a lot of people on the left who have started really pushing for... Okay, who was it that made the tweet about truth and reconciliation shit? Was that Sam Harris? I don't know. Oh, anyway. He, he was talking about trying to set up like a truth and reconciliation commission after Trump loses. 
Um, this was months ago. Yeah, that it was. There were multiple people who said that who, who tweeted. I don't know who was the originator. I can't. Remember but that's either. been a very popular thing in the past couple months. Right. So now I'm seeing on the left, there's a shitload of people who are like, there's a website that was started called Trump Accountability, where it's like anyone who worked for Trump is going to be listed on this website and like in an attempt as a, at a mass cancellation. There were people who were saying that uh, anyone who donated to Trump should be listed and they should be put on a map, like their, their home address should be logged on a map that's publicly accessible so that people can confront them. Um, like, the, the, this is, the, you, give, you give the left a little bit, just a little bit of a win, and they immediately turn into fascists. I mean, this is the thing, <laughs> that's what happens when you think that you're so morally unobjectionable that it's not fascist. You're actually the most enlightened. Yeah, it's the free, like, you're the freedom fighter. Yeah, that the these tr- truth and reconciliation. As somebody who's not on a professional academic level, but in uh, an academic capacity, studied a lot about countries rebuilding after genocide. Sure. There's a place for truth and reconciliation uh, commissions. It's in places like Rwanda, right? Where they it's actually not here, it. where people, millions of people, were actually killed by the neighbors. Right. I'm. This kind of thing, making a list of anyone who donated for him or worked for him, that's the kind of shit that divides people up, up enough that they do start that's the killing kind of each shit, other. That's the kind of shit that leads to Kristallnacht. It's, that it's, was, it's Kristallnacht. Yeah, it was an attack on, that was an attack, for those who may not know, it was an attack on Jewish businesses. That, that they burned down, looted, destroyed Jewish businesses. And the, the only reason that was done is it was a, it was a political move Against the Jewish population in Germany. The, no, it was not. Oh, okay. Austria. I'm like 99.9%. I'm, I actually think it was Germany. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, go ahead and look that up. Uh, this is the kind of thinking that leads to those sorts of events. And it's because they think they have the moral imperative. They think well, they have the moral... Uh, uh, they think they have the moral high ground. And so they feel comfortable making lists and all this other shit. I, like, this is... Okay, yeah, it was Germany. There was something that I happened... I thought it was Germany. I think there were... What? Something happened, I think, in... There were probably oh, oh, sister events no. all over. Yes, it happened in Germany, Austria, and the Sudetenland. Okay. So it happened concurrently. Okay, so the entirety of, yeah. the, of the former German Empire, yeah. basically. Um, I've been saying it a lot recently, because I think it's true, <laughs> um, that, like, the greatest trick that's ever been played on all of us is that two guys that'll probably be dead within the next 20 years, because they're, well, they're old, Yeah, they'll die of natural causes peacefully, nobody's going to jail, nobody's being impeached, they're just going to go live their lives. Once Biden's done, and once Trump's done, that's it. There's not going to be some sort of mass reckoning, as there shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. But these people who do not care about you, on either side, will be living their lives peacefully, and for the next 100 plus years, they successfully turned all of us the people that they rule against each other to the point where we're talking about trying to take our neighbors to a tribunal because they donated money to Trump. Like, yeah. they've, they've successfully won that. These people who do not give a fuck about you have now turned you against 50% of the rest of the population? That's the other thing that blows my mind, is do you really think that you are so morally superior that 50% of people are fascists? We've really watered down the fascists. Yeah. I mean, the fascists are fascists. I recommend, and I, I showed this to you a little bit uh, earlier, I recommend going back and watching The Great Dictator. Um, and I recommend it for this reason. 
Chaplin made The Great Dictator in, uh, released in 1940, late 1940. This is a movie that is contemporary to Hitler. Hitler saw this movie. What, 1940? Yeah. yeah. Hitler saw this movie. It made him sad. Yeah, it made him sad. Is that anecdotally? I, okay, I only historical? know it anecdotally, but I think it's historical. Just like the idea of Queen Elizabeth watching The Crown on Netflix and liking it, I, right. which is apparently fake news, I accept that as canon. Yeah. <laughs> that Hitler saw it and got really sad. Yeah, because he was a, supposedly Hitler was a Chaplin fan. He liked the Tramp movies. And then, uh, and then as soon as The Great Dictator comes out, Hitler gets sad about it. Um, in any case, Charlie Chaplin made The Great Dictator contemporary to Hitler about Hitler. It was about the rise of fascism in Europe. And it was about, um, there's a Mussolini character in it who's a fucking joke. There's the Hitler character in it is hilarious. Um, it's a great lampooning of these fascist fucking dictators, and it ends with one of the greatest speeches in favor of freedom that anyone's ever heard. Now, it's true that Charlie Chaplin sort of uh, uh, conflates democracy and freedom a little bit, but I'll give him a pass because it's a really fucking good speech. Um, I recommend going back and watching it. This is how talented entertainers, people with something to say, react when actual fascism exists in the world. They make something like The Great Dictator. Or uh, Arthur Miller making The Crucible. Right. Like, I'm not, was a dictator, but I mean, the McCarthy, the reaction to that was a serious piece yes. of, of art that stands up to this day outside of being an allegory. Right. It's like when you are intentional and cutting in what your artistic response is, it means something and it lasts for generations and stands on its own. Right. Nothing that I have seen in the past four years has ever been funny. No, it's not funny. It's not dramatic. It's not viable as entertainment. None of it's good. These people don't actually believe that, that. That's what bothers me the most about it. These people do not actually believe that half the country is fascist. These people don't actually believe that Donald Trump is a fascist. If they did believe it, they'd be making better shit. I truly believe that. So, like, that's, that's, my, that's my issue. They don't actually believe it, which means that they're only saying it because it provides them with a moral cudgel which, with which they can beat their fellow man. They, they know it's not true, but it allows them to beat their neighbor. That's why I hate it. Does that ring true to you at all? <laughs> yeah, I mean, people like to feel right. And I feel like a lot of people on all sides, actually, regardless of who they vote for, don't really like Trump and don't necessarily think that he's necessarily that good. Yeah. They thought he was better than the other guy. Both sides are talking to a 25% or less fraction of that ideological side that is so extreme that they see themselves as morally unassailable, right and left. Sure. And the other 50% of everybody is just sitting there facing the consequences of the narrative being he's literally uh, Hitler or the narrative being he's the greatest president since Abraham Lincoln. Literally Jesus. Yeah, that's, that's what's happening. And I don't think that anybody in between believes it, but due to the fact that social media is so ubiquitous and right. the loudest people tend to have the most followers, we've successfully constructed this world in which we all believe things that are much more extreme than we actually do. Right. And in which... 
who was it? Was it an SNL writer who was like, I'm not doing any it more was, Trump sketches because they're was, boring? It was Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Okay. She was appointed the head writer about seven months ago because the other head writer left. And she, so she said that it was basically a mutual decision or right. something where they're like, you need to go. And she's like, yeah, I don't want to be here. And one of the things she said was that she will never write another Trump sketch. She was like, I don't think that it delegitimizes him like people think that they do. I think making him funny or silly doesn't do anyone who dislikes him a service. She was like, I'm tired of these like divided writers' rooms. People get anxious. They cry. Like people it tears people apart sitting there trying to come up with this shit. And it's because they've all they're all fucking their their amygdalas are huge. All these people have constant adrenaline coursing through their veins because they fear for their lives for no reason. I mean, Trump hasn't put together fucking kill squads. If you're really like, that scared, I don't know why you would be laughing at something Jimmy Fallon said. Right. I don't. It's Jimmy Fallon who I want to like bring about the thought revolution. Right. That's the thing that made me. That's the thing that made me think about the Great Dictator the other night. We were talking about the. What makes me think of the Great Dictator is the fact that this was a talented, comedic, and dramatic actor who was responding to very real fascism. That whole fucking movie takes place in a ghetto in Germany. Like, most of that movie takes place in a ghetto in Germany. That he's, a, he's a Jewish barber who looks like the dictator who, is, who, lives in a, who lives and works in a ghetto. A Jewish ghetto. That's the whole fucking film. And it was funny. We watched the, we yeah. watched the, the Hinkle is the name of the dictator there. We watched the Hinkle speech. And it's fucking hilarious. It does make him look dumb. It makes him look stupid, but it also sort of drives home in the cheering and, and the way that everybody sort of obeyed him. There's a point where he, he's giving this, Hinkle's giving a speech, and everybody starts clapping and everything, and he raises one hand, and everybody shuts up immediately. And it's, it's, like, it, it's like a stupid Trump guy, but it's power. Trump doesn't have that kind of power. If he had that kind of power, I think we'd be having a totally different conversation. He has a certain amount of power over a very small percent of the populace who would probably live and die for him. Sure. But he's not actually, when he says stuff most of the time, he's just saying something to freak people out or because he wants attention. Yeah, he likes, he's a when, shitster. When Hitler said things, they actually happened. Right. Like, that's, that's the thing. The, that's the difference. The, that's the difference. I understand being afraid of what the, uh, like, Hitler said he was going to build camps. Out. Hitler said he was going to build camps. He built camps. Like, Donald Trump said he was going to build a wall. Didn't even get it done. The logical outcome, if someone, if everyone took Trump seriously, would be quite bad. Yeah. The thing is that they're not because he. I get being scared, but also at a certain point in time, I think there's no virtue in letting yourself be scared all the time if you can think about, okay, what are the things that would have to happen for this to happen? I've said it over and over again from a policy perspective, Donald Trump is no different from any of the other fucking neoliberal presidents that we've had for the last 30 years. The big thing if people are really concerned about is the executive order. Yeah. Which has been expanded under every president at this point. That's one of the things. Like, if you're really afraid of the president, who's not supposed to really have as much power as you doubt the president with, at this point, be concerned about that executive order. Not all... Those orders can be contested. Like, executive power has been something that gets sent up to the Supreme Court. Sure. There's lots of instances over decades. I mean, go- going back to the very beginning when people I mean, they're just now, as an example, sure. as an example, they're hearing a case now about whether or not the executive can fire an appointee. Yeah, which is, it's like, yes. 
Yeah, I mean, but it's it's a bit procedural, but well, it's a there's, there's it is a question about executive power. A, These things get hurt by the courts. Spring of executive removal power, right? Has been a back and forth, back and forth thing. That's sure, one of the not, reasons. I'm not talking why, about that specifically. I'm yeah. just saying it's an example of an executive power well, yeah, they, that's being decided by the courts. They still haven't figured it out, too. Right? Like, like there was very, very recently cases, and uh, essentially what Roberts did was rewrite uh, a previous case. Yeah. To put in something and say that it was applied in it to 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 basically get. Right. So I, I don't know. I just find this whole thing just to wrap up. We've been going for an hour now. Just to wrap up. So Joe Biden's going to be the president. Donald Trump is the president until January 20th. And everybody seems to have forgotten that. That's an interesting thing. Keith Olbermann tweeted that they needed to go arrest Trump like now. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Why didn't he just. I don't know, because he's a fucking idiot. If you go through his Twitter feed, that dude is is suffering from some kind of dementia, TDS, I don't know, but that man is insane. Um, So, uh, Donald Trump's president until January 20th, everybody seems to have forgotten that. Uh, the Georgia-Pennsylvania flips are going to stay. Uh, Donald Trump thinks he has a prayer in Arizona when he, I think, doesn't. The Nevada, Nevada's going to stay blue. There's no way that Donald Trump wins this. So... Uh, but he is the president until January 20th. Uh, the Democrats have immediately turned into fascists after one single, barely a win. Um, or at least the most, the most virulent voices on the left have decided that they're fascists now. Um, the, what, what else was there that we covered? The, uh, it's been a lot. The Democrats are going to learn nothing. Yeah. Um, definitely. Uh, the GOP might learn a bit, but still not as much as they should. Yeah, not as much as they should. The libertarians failed miserably, and the party needs to seriously reconsider the way that they have branded themselves, um, and the idea of coalition building. What else? God. Uh, uh, I don't think the courts are going to have a huge role in no, the election. Either. Even with the recount, I think it'd be hard. They're going to try... People were, saying, people were saying law students are going to be studying these Supreme Court cases, and I'm thinking, no. If the court comes down and says, uh, nah, just respect the vote as certified, that's not worth printing in a horn book. I'm not even sure how much Bush v. Gore is studied. It's not! Also, because they explicitly said in it, uh, this has no presidential power for anything else. This is very distinctly just between these two parties and can never be used ever again as anything. Right, right. It's a culturally fascinating moment. Legally speaking, it Nothing. was a political... Legally, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, no, law students will not, no. Law students will be studying, um... Uh, law uh, students the... are going to be studying Pinoyer. <laughs> like, no, no. Forever. Not, they're not going to be studying They're going to be studying the new Ford uh, Motor Company versus whatever case. Uh, oh, that yeah, just went yeah, up yeah. Determining the very sexy uh, concept of personal jurisdiction. Oh, personal jurisdiction. That's what law students will be studying. Yeah, law students are going to be studying that. They might be studying Torres v. Torres Madrid. Torres v. Madrid. Uh, there's something with Oracle... We got a lot of oral arguments that's a, that's a, to, to catch up I on. I think the Oracle case, though, is the copyright case, right? All of them mean so much to our everyday lives, though. We, we will study <laughs> okay. them. We, I don't know how much a copyright case matters to me, but all right. Well, you said that and how the law gods will laugh. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Students will be studying whatever the, the ACA uh, opinion the is. The ACA from, opinion, some from, of these upcoming cases about abortion that are in the circuits right now. The viability stuff. The yeah. viability arguments. There's going to be a lot of stuff. Nowhere will this election factor. This into election's it. never going to be a, published in a horn yeah, book on a, ever on a casebook level. Yeah. Now, if you have a particularly, you know, um, fun con law professor, maybe they'll 
in 40 years be like, so I don't know if you guys remember, but when uh, yeah, Justice yeah. Barrett was appointed, didn't it? there was a lot of talk at her hearing about this healthcare case. Well, there's also the, uh, the uh, um, you might get an interesting law review article out of it, but yeah. nothing's going to be written in a horn book. You're not going to be studying no, this no. As, a, as a two or three This hour. isn't going to be on Quimby. <laughs> right. Um, people who are saying this is going to be a big deal, I think, have lost their fucking minds. Um, yeah, not legally. Like, whatever. Big deal oh, as in historical? There's one thing we didn't talk about. Uh, apparently, Trudeau said he'd be willing to use the Canadian military if Donald Trump doesn't leave office. Oh, petit justin. I'm not sure if this is true. But I saw I the actually, headline. I actually think it might be too dumb even for him. I've, I can look it up real quick. Um, but there was a similar thing from the Dutch prime minister as well. Um, and the, Why are they and doing it, this? It aligns, it aligns with, and I'm not sure if that one's true either, but it aligns with the Biden campaign statements um, from yesterday where they said that uh, the U.S. military knows how to evict a trespasser from the White House. You can't see, but the light went out of my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> This, stop trying to manufacture a coup. No one is staging a coup. You don't want a coup. Coups are bad. No one in America would be benefited from, from Trump having to be removed by someone or trying to make it seem like he needs to be removed by someone because it's a terrible fucking thing that wouldn't be good for anyone in the country. I'm looking. He's now. probably gonna. He's gonna whine and he's gonna complain. He's gonna say shit that's not true, like that the election was stolen and then the. And then he's probably going to amble on out and maybe deal with a bunch of civil litigation when he leaves. And that's about it. Yeah. I'm seeing a couple of people who have published it. Uh... Justin Trudeau, I could do a whole 10 part series on <laughs> that man and his early life to his, when he suddenly kind of drifted his way into politics based on his father's good name. Yeah. I'm not finding a. Uh, I'm not finding. Oh, there's the post millennial. They. they, they... They're very biased, but they don't usually publish straight bullshit. Um, yeah, in any case. Um, is Canada thinking, like, guys, this is the time. Right. This is how we conquer America. <laughs> it's the War of 1812 all over again. Meanwhile, in so many founding documents uh, of this nation, there were little caveats left open of, but if Canada wants to be a state or whatever, like, you don't yeah. even have to worry. You guys can just You guys join. can join. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, God. Um... Yeah, the, uh, secession is the only answer okay, uh, to I'm, effective governments in, governance in the United States. That's, um, I'm, I don't enforce that. <laughs> Look, uh, I'm, I'm seriously, I, I looked at a map, and, and I looked at the Electoral College map, and I'm thinking, what kind of, what moron thinks that a single federal government is any kind of use in governing this? It's too big, it's too many different cultures. You know what, another country does it, and they are just fine. Europe? Russia. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're just fine. That was a joke. <laughs> yeah, they're just fine. Um, I mean, I think the answer is federalism. Right. I mean, yeah. Like, like that's that's the only answer. Is from a political science perspective, absolutely. the 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 only way to the only way that you can have effective governance in a country this large is to give the states their own power. And back. federalism is like a dirty word amongst liberals because they don't totally understand when what it's it is. actually their best yeah. fucking friend. Do you love all the state laws California has that? that have enshrined your, your progressive ideals into policy, that's federalism. Right. And, yeah. and it's fine. It's great. Federalism can be really good. And actually, that the, the nation was created in order to allow states to be able to do that because there's a lot of them. Give me back my fucking Articles of Confederation. Um, oh, that, okay. 
<laughs> you lost that battle before you were born. Oh, no, I didn't. Um, I, I still fight for Spooner. Uh, <laughs> anyway, okay, so that's, that's pretty much all the election stuff that there is. Uh, stop banking on Arizona. It's not going to happen. Stop trying to make Arizona happen. Um, <laughs> uh, God, I think that's it, man. I think that's all there is. Joe Biden is the president-elect. So surreal to me. You told me four years ago that Joe Biden was going to win and that it would so clear everything. I don't. That nobody would be happy about it except for people who really, really hate the current guy. Yeah, I just I thought it would be different. You know, my my first presidential that I like was really really involved in as a child, like right, a uh, young adult was Obama, and that just kind of set oh, the yeah that the rest of my childhood Republican. You know, and so right, that right. that happens, and it's like. I don't think I'll ever feel the way that I did then. Based sure. on youth, the fact that it was like, that everyone was so behind Progressive it. rock star. Yeah, that it was so historical. Like that kind of, I feel like after that, everything just, eh. You know, yeah. I don't, I, I guess I, I wish I could be that excited about things again. Well, look, Solange just. <laughs> some, some people are. Some people are, but those people are crazy. Solange just, uh posted an article and a couple of other outlets have kind of paired this is the idea that uh democrats should now start shitting on biden immediately um which i think is the right move <laughs> but it's like if you look through the replies everyone's like no no biden's our, our savior he's our hero well why don't we just wait and see what he does and it's like no no, no. you don't understand you've just elected a a a racist um white man Probably, uh, uh, who's credibly accused of sexual assault and uh, uh, is a warmonger. You've just elected this guy on the Democratic ticket. You need to turn around and start shitting on him immediately if you're going to keep any of your woke capital. Like, this is, that's, that's your only chance. I'm really excited to see all the people that um, alienated each of them talking about how they uh, love Biden so much. Now, like, six months from now, be like, Medicare for all could be better. Yeah. I had to wait a really long time for my physical. I can't wait for suddenly that to happen and everyone's complaining. Which, you know what? Honestly, I would kind of almost prefer that future in which everyone then forgets that they ever loved anybody and they start criticizing people who should be criticized. Sure. I, think, I think that the equilibrium right. is, is a better, but... I want all these people who only got interested in politics in 2016 and don't know a goddamn thing to get bored um, and, and move on to their next hobby. Uh, because they they have ruined it for me. They're the ones that ruined it. No, for me. they were always there. They just didn't have Twitter. You could just walk away from whoever was like annoying you at the block party. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and now now they're just out there. That's the problem. Yeah, they they they're the they're the problem for me in in politics and in news generally. But uh, they've they've jumped into Supreme Court commentary now too. Oh yeah, which they know a that, lot about. That really hits me hard. Ugh. It's aggravating. It's very 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 aggravating. But um. Yeah, I want those people to get bored and go home. I want uh, the Democrats are never gonna turn on Joe Biden. He's there. He's there here. I, I I'll tell you what. The, and I've said this many, 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 many times. The scariest outcome of this is a Kamala Harris presidency. She's a fucking monster. I don't. I don't think that's scary. I know you think that. I don't think that's the scariest outcome. I have complex uh, thoughts on all of it. I don't, yeah. I personally no do not think that that is a scenario. Well, the other worst case scenario is the legislature uh, is that there's no Republicans in power in government because gridlock is the only good thing that you can possibly get out of an election like this. 
um, where you have Democrats in Congress, Democrats in the executive, but the Senate is split or Republican I mean, majority, and nothing gets done. You're forgetting who pulled Uh, what do you mean? Like, yes, it. If you don't like the policy Democrats are putting out, yeah, that's a that's a scary prospect. Sure, but the court is six three, so that provides a bit of a. That provides a backup for people there that here. Also, I don't think that the Senate is going to go up. I, I, I don't think it's going to be razor thin. Well, the thing that has me worried the most is, is gun policy, frankly. Um, <clears throat> that's what's got me the most worried because I'm not going to stop printing. Um, I don't care what laws come down, I'm not going to stop printing. So uh, that, that worries me. That actively worries me. And I think a ban on 3D printed firearms would pass judicial muster. I don't necessarily. Based on pre-production. I think it does, based on DCV Heller. Yeah, but, I mean, but a lot of people work right now don't that. Sure. And they're not going to say that during the hearing sure. because you can't. That's kind of getting nothing. Um, yeah, it's, I, I don't, that's, <clears throat> that's not their first stop. Their first stop is doing shit like Medicare for All. And also, what, I, them hammering on 3D guns before it's a thing that the majority of the populace knows about, I don't think it's a thing. I, I, I don't think that that's their, their first move when they get in there is not that. And even if governors are like, we want this to change, they don't give a fuck about what governors do unless there's a pandemic and they think that they should shut down or reopen. Right. Nobody fucking cares about what the governors do. Oh, say. that's the thing, too. It's uh, possible to, we get another fucking lockdown out of this. We don't get a federal... I, I do not believe that a federal lockdown or federal mask mandate or federal vaccine mandate ends up not getting overturned. I think it absolutely doesn't pass judicial muster, but it only but, needs to be in place for a little bit. But I don't, I actually, I think it's dumb that they were saying campaign. Sure. Anyone who actually knows anything on either side knows it's not possible. Yeah. And it was just going to further alien. People who want a federal lockdown don't need Joe Biden to tell them that to vote for them. People who are fucking terrified of any lockdown never vote for Joe Biden if he right. says they're going to make it federal. That was the dumbest thing they could have done. But the state-wise, that's a whole different thing. States have a lot of power. They have their police powers. They can right. regulate safety, well-being, and that's how it's supposed to work in federalism, too. There's right. nothing contradictory about that. Um, I, If they tried to do that, I mean, you just can't either, too, unless you, unless you basically almost start declaring martial law, right. which, no, people aren't going to do it. People locked down. They were told it was going to be 14 days to stop the spread. It didn't happen. People, even people who voted for Biden, I think a lot of people do not. I think everyone's want sick that. of it. I think everyone's sick of it, and I think the people who and look, I'm gonna do my part to make sure that this happens. I think the people who push for this fucking thing, when the numbers come out about deaths from despair during and after the lockdown, when those numbers come out, I am going to do everything in my very meager power to make sure that the people who push for it are held responsible for those deaths maybe not legally well but you, at least in people's you minds. can be certain they'll get away with it. oh they will absolutely get away with it but i'm not going to stop talking about it cuomo's already gotten away with uh every- yeah right and now i wrote a book um yeah, yeah and in the book he just like didn't mention yeah, it just didn't have died christ all right well that's election coverage yeah. uh i wanted to wait a few days just to make sure everything kind of fell out and and Sort of see where we were going to be. I didn't think that Georgia and Pennsylvania would flip, but I thought there's a chance, so I didn't want to talk about it. And there you go, they flipped, and those are going for Biden. Uh, recounts are unlikely to flip anything back. Uh, 
I don't think the the court cases are going to amount to anything. Joe Biden is the president-elect, and he will be installed, um, which means that Kamala Harris will be installed. Whether Look, my dad thinks it's 15 months. My dad thinks Joe Biden's there for 15 months, and then he bows out, and yeah. Kamala Harris takes They never do anything that complex. Every single time that people talk about these theories that politicians have, these little, like, these plans that they have to do anything, it never fucking happens. They, they don't. They can't. If he doesn't, I think if he doesn't write it out and then bow out at the end of his term, um, if he doesn't do that, then I think my dad's right. It's going to be either, I took the under on 15 months. If he, if he hasn't done it within 15 months, he's riding the whole thing out. No, he's he's going he's gonna to just unless something happens, like, he legitimately, like, gets Well, there was a theory that the Democrats are going to try and just bump him because he's yeah. obviously crazy. All of these theories have never panned out. I agree. Same theory is they're going to put in Newsom. Like, over the summer, they're going to uh, nominate, they're, they're going to find a way to get Newsom or Cuomo to be the nominee because Biden isn't exciting. Right. Like, the, it, these people aren't um, smart enough to be able to do anything that complex. Right. Okay, well, there it is. That's that's the election. That's what's happening. Uh, one big dump, and I'll never talk about it again. That's that's the plan for this. Um, ever? Yeah, ever. Can we forget it ever? Uh, yeah. Uh, in the future of the show, um, again, I'm sick of being a news show, so I'm focusing on things that are not that. Uh, I just, as, as finals is approaching, and I just finished a big LRW legal writing project, uh, that's why I've been gone. Um, that's, the, the show's gonna get a little bit more rare, probably, until the new year. Um, I want to put out a couple, though, before then, and I want them to be things like that privacy episode, that, that episode on, uh, on privacy. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to be a news show. I might post some small news updates, kind of like this, one-offs, that are, you know, probably 15 or 30 minutes of, of news that I think is important and interesting, but outside of that, I don't want to. I don't want to go back to being a news show. Not right now, anyway. Um, but I did think that I should talk about this <laughs> because it's very relevant politically and, and all these other issues. Um, so yeah, uh, that's that. That's the plan moving forward. And um, thanks all for listening. And uh, I, I I say I'll see you next week because that's how I end the show. But there's no no guarantees. <laughs> and before we go. Credits will do fine. It's time for who do you trust? Hubba, hubba, hubba. Money, money, money. Who do you trust? Who do you trust? I'll tell you who I trust. I trust superior executive producers Saw You 77 and Xerxes. I trust producers Absurdist Fool and Woe Dude. Thank you all for being there. Uh, Saw You 77 and Xerxes and Woe Dude and Absurdist Fool. If you would like to join them, you can do so. On alternative internet radio, AIRAD.io, or the rogue file, roguefile.com. Uh, thanks for sticking around during these, uh, these breaks that the show is on. I'm, look, I'm, I'm trying to remake the show a little bit, and I'm doing that at the same time as finals are coming up. And so, uh, shows have gotten rare, and I apologize for that, but that's just, I mean, that's that's the way these things go sometimes. Um, the content should be flowing a bit more freely, and uh, and it should be different and more interesting in uh, the coming months. But thank you all so much for being there. Saw you seventy seven and seriously, and absurdist fool and whoa, dude, you are 
Diamonds in the rough, wolves amongst ravens. Beautiful bright spots of bright spots. Uh, beautiful bright spots of light in this dark and terrible place that we call the internet. Now, I'm going to go. You know, you know, you know. I'm going to go. 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 I'm going